0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Christianity Unmasked. I'm your host, Jamal Bob, and thank you for joining me today as we continue our mini series on the Trinity, which will address a topic of keen interest and significant misunderstanding the doctrine of the Trinity in Christian theology. Now, why is it crucial to discuss this misconception? The doctrine of the Trinity is foundational to Christian belief. It impacts how Christians understand God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, as well as how they interpret the Bible. Misconceptions about the Trinity can distort these understandings and create unnecessary barriers between people of different faith backgrounds. Clearing up this confusion is essential for meaningful conversations around Christianity and its relationship to other religious and philosophical perspectives. I want to clarify up front that while today's episode is centered on Christian doctrine, we approach this topic with the utmost respect for diverse religious and spiritual viewpoints. Our goal here is not to challenge or invalidate anyone's beliefs, but rather to provide a well-researched perspective on this aspect of Christian theology. So, whether you're a practicing Christian, someone from another faith tradition, or even if you identify as non-religious but are curious about the topic, there's something here for you. Stick around as we debunk myths, explore history and engage in a thoughtful discussion about the origins of the Trinity in Christian doctrine. Now that we've set the stage, let's dive into the core of our discussion today, the Trinity in Christian doctrine. In its most basic form, the doctrine of the Trinity posits that there is one God who exists as three distinct but co-equal and co-eternal persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This isn't a contradiction, But a mystery that has been a cornerstone of Christian belief for centuries. Importantly, each person of the Trinity is not a separate deity, but fully God, sharing the same divine essence. Notice that the term name is singular, not plural, emphasizing the oneness of God in three persons. Another key verse is 2 Corinthians 13 14, often called the Apostolic Benediction, which refers to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. These and many other passages provide the scriptural basis. That Christian theologians have explored for centuries to articulate the Trinity. Finally, let's touch on some historical context. The doctrine of the Trinity was formalized in the early ecumenical councils of the Christian Church. The Council of Nicaea in the year 325 was convened to address the Arian controversy, which questioned the divinity of Jesus Christ The Council affirmed the full divinity of Jesus, co-eternal with the Father, effectively countering Arian claims. Then, in Ad 381, the Council of Constantinople extended this to include the Holy Spirit, affirming that He too is co-equal and co-eternal with the Father and the Son. These Councils laid the foundation for the Nicene Creed, a statement of faith that explicitly outlines the Trinitarian belief. Understanding the Trinity involves delving into Scripture, history and theology. While the concept might seem complex, it remains a fundamental tenet of Christian belief that has been deeply considered and articulated through both the Bible and the wisdom of the early Christian thinkers. Moving on, let's discuss the origins of the argument that claims the Trinity is a concept borrowed from pagan religious traditions. This argument often originates from various quarters, including critics of Christianity, proponents of alternative religious viewpoints, or even individuals who are simply skeptical of organized religion. The intention behind positing such an argument can range from scholarly critique to polemical challenges aimed at delegitimizing Christian doctrine. To bolster this claim, proponents often cite triads of gods found in various pagan, Or polytheistic religious systems. For instance, in ancient Greek religion, the trio of Zeus, Poseidon and Hades governs the domains of the sky, the sea and the underworld respectively. In Hinduism, the triad of Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva represents the cosmic functions of creation, maintenance and destruction. The argument suggests that because such triads existed in other religious systems, either contemporaneously or prior to Christianity, the Christian concept of the Trinity must therefore be a borrowed or adapted idea. It's worth noting that the presence of divine triads, in other religious traditions, is an interesting point of comparative religion, but it's crucial to understand the substantive differences between these and the Christian Trinity, which we'll explore in the next segment. In summary, the argument claiming pagan origins for the Trinity isn't new and comes from a variety of sources, each with their own motivations and frameworks. However, a close examination of the Christian doctrine in its historical and theological context reveals that the similarities with pagan triads are superficial at best, something we'll delve into as we continue. As we continue our discussion, it's crucial to highlight the core differences that set the Christian trinity apart from pagan, or polytheistic triads. This will help us understand why the argument for the trinity's pagan origins doesn't hold water upon closer inspection. Monotheism versus polytheism. First and foremost, Christianity is a monotheistic religion, affirming the existence of only one God, In contrast, pagan traditions are often polytheistic, acknowledging multiple gods and goddesses. In the Christian doctrine of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not separate gods but distinct persons within the one Godhead. This is a critical distinction that fundamentally separates the Trinity from any pagan triad, personhood and substance, the theological term consubstantiality, is often used to describe the nature of the Trinity. Consubstantiality means that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are of the same substance or essence. They are fully God, co-equal, and co-eternal. In pagan traditions, gods are usually considered individual beings with their own distinct essences and physical forms, standing in contrast to the Christian understanding of one God in three persons, role and function. Within the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are co-equal and co-eternal, each fully participating in the divine essence. work. In contrast, pagan triads often feature gods with hierarchical relationships and varying degrees of power. For example, in the Greek triad of Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades, Zeus is considered the king of the gods, holding a higher status. Revelation versus Mythology The concept of the Trinity is revealed through Scripture and most prominently in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a doctrine that has been formulated through divine revelation and centuries of theological reflection. Pagan triads, on the other hand, are often formed through cultural myths, legends, and human storytelling, rather than being rooted in a notion of divine revelation. So, as you can see, when we carefully examine the tenets of the Christian trinity and compare them with pagan concepts, the differences are not just peripheral, they are fundamental and profound. In our next segment, we'll look into the historical context of early Christianity to understand how it maintained its distinctiveness amidst a milieu of varying religious beliefs let's now turn our attention to the historical context in which early Christianity emerged and evolved. This period is fascinating not just for the birth and spread of Christianity, but also for its rich tapestry of various religious and philosophical beliefs. Early Christianity was born into a milieu of multiple religious traditions, including Judaism, various Greco-Roman religions, Gnostic sects, and Eastern religions like Zoroastrianism. Despite this pluralistic religious landscape, early Christianity maintained a distinct identity, largely rooted in its doctrine, including the concept of the Trinity. A significant factor in the distinctiveness of early Christianity was the work of Christian apologists, who actively distinguished Christian beliefs from pagan ones, Figures like Justin Martyr and Tertullian play pivotal roles in this regard. Justin Martyr, for example, engaged directly with both Jewish and pagan criticisms in his works, like First Apology, defending the unique aspects of Christian belief. He argued that while there may be similarities in moral teaching between Christianity and other philosophical systems, the person and work of Jesus Christ and the doctrine of the Trinity set Christianity apart. Tertullian, another early apologist, is even credited with coining the term Trinity and contributed significantly to its theological development. In his works, he sought to articulate how the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit could be one God, actively countering claims that this was a form of polytheism or borrowed from pagan concepts. Both of these apologists, along with others, provided a rigorous intellectual framework that helped to define Christian doctrine and distance it from the surrounding pagan beliefs. Their works are a testament to the uniqueness of Christian thought in an age filled with a variety of Of religious and philosophical ideas. In summary, the early years of Christianity were characterized by a robust engagement with the religious and philosophical ideas of the time. Despite existing in an environment rich in religious diversity, early Christian beliefs, especially the doctrine of the Trinity, maintain their distinctiveness, thanks in part to the careful work of early Christian apologists. As we've seen, the Trinity is not a concept that was borrowed or adapted from pagan religions, but is unique to the Christian understanding of God. As we move towards the conclusion of our discussion, it's worth considering what the broader academic and theological community has to say about the origins of the Trinity. The scholarly consensus largely supports the notion that the Trinity has distinct roots within the Judeo-Christian tradition, rather than being borrowed or adapted from pagan religions. Firstly, it's essential to note that the doctrine of the Trinity was formulated through a rigorous process of theological reflection, debate, and ecumenical councils. As we have already discussed, this depth of intellectual, and spiritual inquiry is part of what sets it apart as a unique concept within the Christian tradition. Leading theologians and historians have led their voices to this consensus. For instance, John Norman Davidson Kelly, a renowned historian of early Christianity, emphasizes in his works that the Trinitarian doctrine was a development from within the Christian understanding of the nature of God, rather than an external borrowing. Similarly, Alistair McGrath, a notable theologian, argues in his systematic theology that the Trinity is fundamentally rooted in Christian scripture, and tradition. Furthermore, contemporary theologians like David Bentley Hart and scholars like Larry W. Hurtado have offered robust defenses of the Trinity as an inherently Christian doctrine, examining its scriptural, historical, and philosophical underpinnings. Their works showcase how the Trinity does not find a parallel in pagan thought and is better understood within the narrative of Christian revelation. Before we wrap up today's episode, it's worth addressing some common misunderstandings that often surface in debates around the origins of Christian doctrine and practices, including the Trinity. These misunderstandings can sometimes muddy the waters and make it more challenging to separate fact from fiction. Christmas and Easter as pagan holidays One claim often heard is that Christian holidays like Christmas and Easter are pagan in origin. While it's true that some of the customs associated with these holidays may have pre-Christian roots, the core significance of these days for Christians, namely the birth and resurrection of Jesus Christ is unequivocally Christian, these events are commemorated in the Christian liturgical calendar and are deeply embedded in Christian theology. Symbols like the fish or the cross. Another point often raised is the usage of symbols like the fish or the cross, which some claim have pagan origins, while symbols similar to these may appear in other religious or cultural contexts. Their meaning within Christianity is unique. The fish symbol, often seen as an acronym for Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior, was a secret symbol used by early Christians. The cross, far from being a borrowed symbol, is central to Christian belief as it represents the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the term person in Trinitarian doctrine. The use of the term person in describing the Trinity also confuses some people as they assume it implies three separate gods. However, in Trinitarian doctrine, person is a technical term used to describe the distinct ways God is revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit while maintaining the oneness of God. It's not akin to human personhood and doesn't suggest polytheism, the pagan triads. Lastly, as we've previously discussed, comparisons with pagan triads like Zeus, Poseidon, Hades, or Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva often come up. While triadic formations do exist in other religious traditions, the nature of these formations is fundamentally different from the Christian Trinity in terms of their essence, function, and theological implications. As we've seen, the Trinity is rooted in monotheism, and consists of persons who are co-equal and co-eternal, which is generally not the case in pagan triads. These triads of Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva and Zeus, Poseidon, Hades would be considered modalism and tritheism, a heresy within Christianity and therefore not the Trinity. Addressing these common misunderstandings is essential for an informed discussion about the origins and distinctiveness of Christian beliefs, including the Trinity. With a clearer understanding, we can better appreciate the unique aspects of Christian doctrine and practice, separate from any supposed pagan influences. And so, we come to the end of today's episode on the fascinating subject of the Trinity, and its often misunderstood origins. To recap, we delved into what the Trinity actually means within Christian doctrine, highlighting that it represents one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We explored the origins of the claim that the Trinity is borrowed from pagan beliefs, and dissected this argument, showcasing how these triads don't hold up to scrutiny when compared with the Trinitarian concept. We also discussed the significant differences that distinguish the Christian trinity from pagan triads, from the essential monotheism of Christian belief to the theological term consubstantiality. We touched upon the historical context of early Christianity, mentioning how early apologists like Justin Martyr and Tertullian worked diligently to articulate and defend the uniqueness of Christian doctrine. We even examined the academic and theological consensus that supports the Christian roots of the trinity and addressed common misunderstandings, that often crop up in this debate. So the next time you hear someone suggest that the Trinity is a pagan concept, you'll have a well-rounded response that not only respects the complexity of Christian doctrine, but also the rich tapestry of religious thought that makes up our shared human history. Before we sign off, if today's topic has sparked your interest and you're looking to dive deeper into the subject of the Trinity and Christian doctrine, here are some recommended resources for you. Here are some books I recommend. The Trinity, An Introduction to Catholic Doctrine on the Triune God by Jills Emery, a scholarly yet accessible book that delves into the intricacies of the Trinity from a Catholic perspective. The Deep Things of God, How the Trinity Changes Everything by Fred Sanders. This book looks at how understanding the Trinity can transform your faith and worship The Forgotten Trinity by James R. White, a practical book aimed at laypeople providing a clear understanding of the Trinity. Early Christian Doctrines by John Norman Davidson Kelly. For those interested in historical development, this book is a comprehensive look at the doctrines of early Christianity, including the Trinity. Thank you for joining me on Christianity Unmasked. I look forward to diving into another enlightening topic with you soon. Until then, take care and have a wonderful day.